as definitive. Second as least necessary. Yeah. And no, first is least necessary. Oh, and uh, like fourth is uh, worst, worst design. Yep. Yep. That's crazy. Well, if that's the way the Brink. poll, if that's the way the poll is, no wonder people can't figure out which designs to do, put out at the USPS. Because we have to make up for lack of Scott. Yes. Well, we're not being recorded now, so that's. Who says? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know? I have to check with Engineer Tom. Yes, you do. Yes. So uh, why don't we talk about that when we talk about that topic? Okay. We can do that. <coughs> and I agree with you. It would be very topical to talk about that during yes. that topic. Yes. Let's, yeah. Exactly. What's that? That's words. EID. Yeah. That's the uh, Muslim Christmas festival time period. So the <coughs> Muslim Christmas stamp got fourth from last, but it, it beat Kwanzaa. And Hanukkah. And ooh. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> but it's way below Diwali. <laughs> Random. Well, we can bring that up. Okay. Well, we can also bring up that. Well, like. You're wasting all the good topics. I am not wasting the good topics, and you can edit. You can cut all this out. That's right. Okay, like this. Yeah, but I can't move it to where it's supposed to be. It's yes, you can. Yeah, you can. Nah, it doesn't fit. You can. You don't want to. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like. Oh, and by the way, and then it totally changes. Oh, no, you have to work. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but like, okay, this guy, this person um, about the U.S. damage, there's little to no information shown on the stamp. I agree with that. It's like picture and you're supposed to figure it out. Well, I mean, you have songbirds in the snow. Yeah, exactly. You kind of could figure that one out. All right, and... Um, so you are an expert on songbirds. Well, I know what a bird looks like, and I know that snow is white. Well, okay. Songbird dude. And we know he can't sing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and what kind of birdsies are those? Okay. <laughs> There's a red one. Cardinal. And a blue and yellow one. I'm going to call that a robin. And an orange-headed one. Okay, can you can you say what what the bird is? Well, that's clearly a cardinal because I know from the baseball. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because Tom said so. Because Tom said so, too. Well, I would have known without Tom. Maybe. Having watched a baseball game in the past. Mm -hmm. There is no robin on there. Oh, then what is that? Don't know. <laughs> then it's a robin. I know the cardinal. It's a robin. Mm -hmm. Hey, songbirds in the snow. Live in California. Not a lot of songbirds in the snow out here. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Ready for a countdown? It's a red-breasted hootenanny. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? It's a better name than Cash came up with. That's true. All I came up with was Robin. Bird. Bird. <laughs> Red. Bird. Red bird. Multicolored. That's the cat version of squirrel. <laughs> Bird. Oh, well, oh, what is it? That was a T-shirt I saw. It was um, ACADHD, and it said, uh, "Oh, what was it?" Anyways, it said Ooh, squirrel. Anyways, cut that out because I can't remember it exactly. Oh, okay. And I looked dumb. Oh, okay. Er. Okay. Okay. 
He's going to leave it in just because you said that. Well, you, I know he is. You know it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and if this was um, video, you'd see me glaring at you. Better to close your mouth and look like an idiot than open it and remove all doubt. That's true. Yeah. You know who said that? Me, just now. Yeah. Hitler. You're quoting Hitler. Oh, no. No. <laughs> and I don't believe you either. No. I don't either. You know who else didn't know all their birds? Hitler. There's going to be some loud crickets. <laughs> uh, did you hear the uh, crickets in the last podcast? Yes, I did. Oh, uh, I also got a message. Uh, I'm going to do it here in the witty banter section. Comcast or Comcast. Compax is this weekend. Now, there's no chance that this is going to do any good for anybody because I'm going to put this up on th Tuesday or Wednesday. But uh, if you can travel back in time, uh, Com Compax is going on this weekend. Chicago. Or if you're hearing this now and you went to Compax, hey, let yeah. us know how much you liked the show or if you liked the show and how it went. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah, I like that. Okay, now we definitely need a countdown. Well, give me a second here. Yes. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, this is Chris Harmer of Harmer Shadow Auctions, and I'm at Stamp Show here today. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Oh. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rupert, what are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Oh, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan, I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan. I got a planet from Poland, but none from Sudan or from Fiji or Uzbekistan. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together. Welcome to Stamp Show here today, episode 125. I'm Cash, and I'm getting a whole bunch of mail for an octopus. You mean occupants. Oh, never mind. I'm waiting for Scott. He's got a line. <laughs> <laughs> Guess not. Nope. This is Tom. Do I have anything witty to say? Well, Quality is our number one dream. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> wow. I was going to say, um, well, I don't know. Do, do you actually want to read the script? <laughs> or have you got one of your I own? I always read it. <laughs> it just depends on how bad Cash wrote something for me. I know, it's I never know. a script. It's more like an outline. <laughs> and it shows pictures. It's more like it's in the outfield. It's not rules. It's guidelines. It's guidelines. And I'm your stamp mistress, Dawn. And I had a pretty major score today. Hold to on. To settle? Yeah, well, that too. 
but we'll get to that later. Yeah, hold on to your hats because I got not one, but two bonus fries in my order of onion rings at lunch. That was ridiculous. Speaking of topical. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Also, a special shout out to my boss, Nikki, who's off to see her husband, Rick, who she and I screwed it up. And you rewrote it. And I rewrote it. I God, I wrote this. And I messed it up. You're taking that out. Mm-hmm. Promise. Yes. Thank you. Also, a special shout out to Nikki, who's my boss. And uh, she is in El Paso uh, seeing her husband, Rick, who she hasn't seen since he left her Afghanistan last fall. So welcome home, Rick. And thank you so much for your service. Stamp News. Great Britain sends David Bowie first day covers into space for contest. She packed my bags. Last night, pre-flight. Zero hour. 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high. As a kite by then. the earth so much. I miss my wife. It's lonely out in space on such a No, but the William Shatner Rocket Man is better. Oh, it is not. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is a travesty to David Bowie if you do that. That is a travesty, period. And it was like, you, 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 you put that on. And you walked out of your office at and least, at least stuck Elton, with it. At least Elton John is topical. He's British. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very topical. And it's his song. Yeah. I mean, I love Shatner, but... Oh, uh, no, David Bowie is Major Tom. Ground Control to Major Tom. Yeah, Space Oddity. Is that the actual name of the song? I never yes. Knew that. Never knew that. Now you know. Terrible song. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, yeah, and Rocket Man was done by Elton John. And William Shatner. And then there was, uh, back in the 80s, there was, uh, oh gosh, who was the guy? It was a one-hit wonder. He did kind of the... Um, Weird Al Yankovic. The sequel to... Not Space a one-hit wonder. Um, Canon in D major. No. Beethoven. No. Gregorian chant. Say yes, just to stop it. It won't stop. No matter what I do, it won't stop. Al Jolson. Meanwhile, back to the podcast. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. <laughs> 
Great Britain's Royal Mail launched 52 first aid covers of the David Bowie stamps into space for a contest called The Stamps That Fell to Earth. Bowie starred in the 1976 science fiction film The Man Who Fell to Earth, and number 52 represents the span of his professional recording years, according to Royal Mail. Covers were canceled with a special red hand stamp of the lightning bolt. There is a website where you can win the covers. The webpage says, with a sound style and vision so ahead of his time, many thought David Bowie had tumbled to Earth from a distant planet. As a tribute, a cargo of special edition stamps have been blasted into space so they can fall to Earth too. Identify where they've landed and one of these historic sets could be yours. All 52 covers were launched in a single large helium-filled balloon that includes a black box with a tracking device and cameras to record the launch and the trip into the Earth's atmosphere. So, Cash, what do you think of this space contest? Well, I think that it's, first of all, interesting, but, you know, there are two other space items. And uh, one of them is the, probably everybody has seen it, it's man's first moon landing uh it's a cached cover and it has the 10 cent a moon landing stamp on it and the second cancel is moon landing and then it has the date and everybody thinks that these covers actually went to the moon but actually what happened is the cancel device went to the moon so when they canceled the stamp or the covers canceling device that took a trip to the moon and so the cover itself actually didn't go to the moon um, I always thought these are interesting because they're a really cool but be incredibly cheap the second space item is the Challenger space shuttle and they had I think 10,000 covers go up on the space shuttle and it had the $9.35 express mail stamp on it and when they came back down, they sold them, I think, for $15 each. But they have a nice little folder that shows the Challenger and everything in it. And so what I was really thinking was the 1920s and 1930s. And, I mean, we take it for granted, but if you close your eyes and just think about it, you know, you have a cover that went from, let's say, Chicago to San Francisco. And it went by airplane. And that was really amazing in the 1920s. They said, wow, these things flew across the United States. I mean, today we don't think anything of it, but this was really awesome stuff. Well, man had only been flying for about 10 years at that point. Yeah. By airplane. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty remarkable. And so a lot of people went airmail stamp crazy and they had airmail week to celebrate it and the zeppelin stamps and the entire or Lindbergh Lindbergh stamps were incredible and everything and everybody went crazy about airmail uh collecting airmail stamps there they had there you can find them still um stamp albums that have only airmail stamps in them they have all the airmail stamps of the world in them and so it was really a big thing I wonder if space is going to be the same sort of thing or if we sort of are going to take it for granted. I mean, today nobody cares about airmail. Well, well, well for the starters... The U.S. stopped making airmail stamps, what, a couple of years ago? Yeah, because it was nothing. <clears throat> Which is terrible because that was actually their... Was that the scenic American landscapes or is that the priority ones? No, it was scenic, yeah. 
those are just nice looking mm -hmm. stamps. That is a nice set. Yep. And it's just, I think it's terrible because I do like airmails. That's one of the things that, you know, I have a few of and I'd like to collect more of. But now the airmail stamps, like you said, Chicago to San Francisco. The space ones are basically going up and then they come back down. Yeah. It's not like we found other inhabited planets or we're colonizing or anything, you know, so it's not like saying, oh, it's going to the moon. Yeah, I wonder, though, because um, as SpaceX and these other places, you know, make, make it easy to go into the uh, space. And, of course, the reason they're going to go into space is because you cut the travel time to Europe down to, you know, a couple of hours, you know. All of a sudden, it takes four hours to get to China instead of 13. Well, you know, when we so, had the Concorde, that was possible. Yeah. And so we have, uh, you know, this change coming. But I'm wondering if people are going to think of it the same way that they thought about the airmails. You know, having a piece of memorabilia, this flew on an airplane sort of thing. And today, you, we find those covers all the time, and they're a nickel, a quarter, whatever mm -hmm. each. I mean, they don't have any real big value. The Challenger cover does still have good value, but it has value because the Challenger blew up. Yeah. And then it has additional value dependent on the numbers because they numbered each folder. And so if you have one that's like number 5 or number 10, way low, or you have number 9999, you know, you've got some cool number system there, 4444 or 8888, et cetera. Um, interesting that this uh, airmails were so, so sought after and so impressive. And now we're sort of going through the same thing with the uh, moonshot. And, you know, these 52 covers are going to be incredibly valuable now. But in 25 years, are people going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I was uh, up in SpaceX because I, you know, wanted a faster trip to Holland. Novelty of it will wear off. So what do you think? Uh, give us your opinions on Facebook. I like that one. It's like, you know, you hear the, and then here's the little whoop. <laughs> <laughs> That cracks me up. So I saw this picture of a Mexican restaurant, and guess what it reminded me of? Uh, Lynn's has announced the winners of the 2016 stamp poll. Yeah, I'll put the picture up on Facebook. So uh, is it related to the Festivus poll? Nope, not related to the <laughs> Festivus poll. Well, no, actually, uh, celebrating, uh, what is it called? Uh, no. so, songbirds in the Snow? <laughs> No, colorful celebrations. Nah. I was really close on one of the birds. Oh, yeah? It's a red-breasted nuthatch. <laughs> of course it is. Of course. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> oh, it's late in the day. God, that's funny. <laughs> and for uh, those play, and for those playing the home game, <laughs> the other the others were the uh, golden crowned kinglet, the cedar waxwing, and actually specifically the northern cardinal. Oh, ah. oh, oh gosh! What was the um, um? It was grade A under A. Yeah, 
Want to see a great pair of tits? No. No. They say, Do you want to see, see a, a pair, pair of, of great tits? tits? And a tit is a type of bird, and yep. there were two of them standing on a branch. Yeah, it's and called. And that was a pair of great tits. Yeah, it's called the great tit. I'm... Yep. Google it if you think if you think we're uh, swearing on the podcast. Google it. And if you think we're swearing on the podcast, you should know better than that by now. I edited it out. I edited it out. Although, actually, in the last podcast, I think I let an S-bomb slip through. <gasps> that would probably be me. Yeah, it was you. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> it was way in the background, though, and I couldn't hear it. But somebody out there said, did you just drop an S-bomb? And it's like, uh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the colorful celebrations won. I, I have to redo it, remember? Oh, sorry. We got sidetracked. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so the winner is the classic U.S. issues. And second is national parks. Now, I liked the classic U.S. issues. But even Linz wrote an article about how poorly they are centered, how how the production on them is really pretty crummy. Very much like mm-hmm. the originals. <laughs> yeah. mm. Well, that's what they said. They go, oh, well, we perfed them bad because the originals were perf bad. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then they came up with an excuse that the paper shrinkage or something like that. You go, no, 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 no. You just made crummy. <laughs> You're thinking about shrinkage, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was cold, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I like, and as a matter of fact, I didn't even really like the classic U.S. issue. I thought the national parks deserved first place. Oh, I love the national parks. That was a those are that's a great one. But they got uh, five. They lost by five percent of the vote. Five percent of the vote went the other way. Mm-hmm. And the, they just narrowly beat out View of the Planets, which was a cool one that we had Neil deGrasse Tyson sign the Pluto stamp. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good time. And the worst design. Oh, colorful celebrations. Yes. Just enough to keep it. What can we say? Everybody that that? voted must have been listening to us because we royally panned that one. Oh, well. It was awful. Well, it got 529 votes for worse. The second (laughs) one got 190. It blew away the competition is the worst. Oh, yeah, it did. 25. It's number one. Yeah, 25% (laughs) of the voters said this stamp sucks. And least necessary, soda fountain favorites. And second least necessary was colorful celebrations. Yeah. Least necessary? Yes. How do they determine what is or is not necessary and how necessary it is? Well, it's a stamp. It goes on mail. It's a necessity. I'm not not sure I understand the the topic. Yeah. Well, it was originally instituted, uh, they thought that 
the post office was issuing stamps just to milk stamp collectors. You know, you put out a bunch of stamps and you go. Well, duh. Well, yeah. So this is a le- le- uh, leftover topic of it. Of what stamps do you think people or were issued strictly so that people would buy it and put it in their collection so that the post office could get more money? Personally, I think that the colorful celebrations is more unnecessary. And the reason is, at New York 2016, they had a first day ceremony every day. And I think at the end, they just said, we need a seventh stamp issue. What have we got? And somebody said, well, we've got this crappy old stamp issue sitting in the back that we're too embarrassed to issue. And somebody said, I got a good idea. That's the seventh day. Let's soak collectors with this one. Let's soak them with this one. So I actually liked the ice cream and the soda fountain ones. I thought those were kind of neat. And great friend yeah. of the show, uh, Steve Patillo, it's the only U.S. stamp so far that has a banana on it. Oh, because it had a banana oh, split? Yeah. yeah, had a banana split. So shout out to Steve, Stamp Show Steve. Who was with us last week. Who needs to learn how to talk, talk into the microphone. <laughs> Just in case he listens, don't put that in there. Oh, yeah, okay. Now, the best design was Songbirds in the Snow booklet. And these are nice. I do like these. But the only thing I don't like about this issue, though, is you don't know what the birds are. I like birds, and I can recognize a bird, but I don't know what kind right. of birds these are. These do not have the it's names one of, the, of the birds on them. It's one no. of the few they don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, thing we, good thing we read it all. So you mm-hmm. can look it up so you don't know whether they are... Uh, Great tit, or uh, what's the other one? What's the one? Oh, the one on the bottom right is the red-breasted nuthatch. Nuthatch, yeah. A nuthatch. The yeah. nuthatches. We we're going to have nuthatch comments. Anyway, the uh, th- something Don brought up is that uh, the songbirds in the snow won the best design. The moon won second, which is debatable. But soda fountain favorites came in third of best design. But, but the least necessary. But the least necessary, yeah. Yeah. So you have, you know, the difference of opinion, obviously. A lot of voters in California mm. smoking a little too much stuff. Well, mine, uh, I like the Columbia River Gorge. I voted for that one for yeah. best design, and it, it came in a solid fourth. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it didn't do well. And the most important is the nativity stamp. Yeah, because there hasn't been enough nativity stamps issued by the world so far. I mean, don't they pretty much put one out every year? Well, they put a Christmas stamp out, but it's yeah. not always a nativity. No, I yeah, actually think I that every so, year yeah. there is a nativity. I'll bet you there is a nativity for every uh, value. There's a 29 center and a 32 center and 30, et cetera. I mean, it's not what you would call a rare topic. No. No, it isn't. Yeah. I don't know why it's most important. So I was thinking, well, it's obviously because, you know, a lot of uh, Christians voted or, you know, religious people. But the Madonna and Child didn't do so well. So it's sort of like, eh, don't know what's going on there. What got one vote for the most important? I don't know, Cash. What got one vote for most important? Red pears. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was you. You did that. Oh, and the grapes beat it. By what, two votes? Nope, three. No. 300% more votes for grapes than bears. Well, they, okay, 
you, everybody has heard me whining about this. And, ugh. Boring. Yep, yep. It's like, oh, pear. No, nothing else but just pear. Red pear. Lame. This lame. This lame. Overall favorites, the pears and grapes got literally zero votes. In best design, pears beat grapes with 10 votes versus 9 out of 2,165. Yep, not very popular. But, you know, overall... Well, didn't, didn't you also have to buy, like, an a entire roll, of, roll to yeah, get them? A roll of 10,000, I can yeah. see how that would be unpopular for most people. you got to roll it out like a spare tire at <laughs> the yeah. post office. You know, the one thing I... The one thing I don't actually like the uh, the birds I think voted best design. The one thing I don't like is they were the booklets, so they all have a straight edge. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was a poor choice. They need to bring back sheet stamps. Perfect for real. I will bet you money that. Well, I won't bet you money because it could not happen. But I'll bet you that the songbirds are val- are so popular they'll issue them as uh, sheets. I really expected them last year to issue the Charlie Brown stamps in sheet format because they only did it as booklets Mm -hmm. and it was incredibly popular and they never did it. So what did we get? Sheets of apples and pears. It's like, which by the way, are are sheet stamps just going out of style now? Is it just everything seems to be booklet nowadays? Yeah. There are quite a few countries that during the thirties, forties and fifties issued only booklets. They didn't issue anything but booklets. Well, I get it because a lot of people buy their stamps like at the grocery store and they fit in the cash register. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I don't know what I mean. Or it's you can put them in a, um, a vending machine. Yeah, an ATM. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, for a while they were listing everything as ATM stamps. And I totally thought that that would continue forever. It still happens, but, you know, we don't get the sheets of 100 anymore. Now we get the much smaller sheets. Well, like the like the souvenir sh- like the souvenir panes. Well, that's different. That's different. Like the uh, Legends of Hollywood sheets, those are fantastic. You know, you have what twenty five stamps, and then over on the side you have a picture of the movie star, and it. It's well, it's like they did with the Bugs great. Bunny. Like the, the, that's like they did with the Bugs Bunny sheets. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the well, they did it with the Civil War sheets, and the Civil War sheets look fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think if they're going to do it, I think what they should do is do a booklet, but have um, a straight edge on the side like they do, but do a serpentine die cut oh, down yeah. the straight edge so that at least you can get four perfed sides. Yeah. Something like um, they did the $1 Waves of Color. Yeah. Is like that. It's on. A, it's it's almost booklet size. There's two stamps next to each other, but they're all. Perfect. But they have they have a border around, so they're perfed on all four sides. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you can do that and leave leave white space for the for a border and still have a nice stamp that way. Yeah. I think that would be better than just these plain booklet stamps that all have straight mm-hmm. edges. Ah, uh, I just noticed something too. Mm. The Mexican food stamp. Mm-hmm. Was issued, I guess, in 2017, not 2016, because it's nowhere on this list. When did we talk about that one? I think at the beginning of the year. Might have. Yeah. Because they were talking, I think the Apple stamp came out at the same time, but the Apple stamp came out in 2016, and it must have been very short time after that that the uh, Mexican food stamp came out. Because that's why I thought your uh, 
picture was so great because it had the Mexican food, which I fully mm-hmm. believe will get a very, very low rating. And then, of course, the colorful celebration across the top was just like the kicker. They just, oh, yes. Terrible upon terrible. What are they really called? Because I don't even want to tell you when I type in Mexican food stamps, the results I get. <laughs> That's Google. what I was trying to do oh. myself. Oh, jeez. Oh. Uh, I put down like uh, U.S. 2017 Mexican food stamp. And then the worst design was the New York 2016. And number two was Star Trek, which we already talked about how bad that one was. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was disappointing. That didn't help me either. Uh Discount Mexican wedding charm bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> the food stamp program, the Division of Family Assistance. Uh, yeah, the New York 2016 stamp got the worst design. It looks like a label. Well, yeah, it really does. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, it's not a. It's not bad. It just looks like a label. And it got almost half the votes. It got uh, 798 votes out of 2,092, just shy of 50%, probably like 45%. Mm-hmm. They were the delicioso forever stamps. Oh. oh. God, seriously? <laughs> and they were issued April 20th, 2017. So we're talking earlier this year. It's like yeah. last month. <sighs> mm-hmm. Well, we were probably talking about it two months ago because as soon as they, oh, when they when they announced they were they coming announce out. They announced it and go... Hey, we're putting this out, and everybody goes, "Are you serious?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you'll see them in next year's poll. Yep, yeah, guaranteed. Oh yeah. If the uh, soda fountain got bad, the Mexican food will get worse. That's your prediction. That's that is my prediction. Okay. Well, anything else? I've got a little tidbit to add. Well, add your tidbit. Oh, okay. Canada just came out with a really, really nice-looking joint issue with France for World War One, and it's the uh, World War One Battle of Vimy Ridge. And I hope that the United States is going to come out with something like this: World War One is a very good topic it's important and we entered the war april 6th uh, to, uh 1917 so oh we never mind the I'm war sorry. started in 1914 yeah we we weren't there at the beginning no we weren't yeah so uh we declared war on uh, april 6th and they didn't come out with a stamp on April 6th for World War One. I. I am hopeful that they will come out with maybe some battle stamps or something. They did it for the War of 1812 and everything else. The Civil War obviously has a whole bunch of them. World War II has a huge number of stamps. World War One was an important war. And I would love to see some really good stamps coming out for World War One. And let's see if they step up to the plate. Is there any, uh, you're looking at the computer, is there any uh, scheduled? Um, I that's what e- I'm trying to find out while you're talking. Yeah, I didn't even look. I guess I'm just hopeful that they uh, stepped up to the plate to do some good stamps. Okay, in June there's going to be a total solar eclipse stamp, and it's freaking cool looking. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the one where if you push on it, it turns black? 
I don't know. I just saw the picture of it as I was going by, and I'm like, holy cow, that's cool. It's a black and white or black and silver colored. Mm-hmm. Oh, look yeah, out. My kids are going to be excited. Sharks. <gasps> mm-hmm. Yeah, sharks, seashells, John F. Kennedy, flowers. They're going to have a baseball forever stamp, and it's going to be circular. And it looks like a baseball. No, no, no. uh, Balls. It's all sports balls. There's going to be baseballs, basketballs, all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah, you're right. Have a ball. Yeah. That's kind of dumb. Baseball, basketball, football, golf, kickball. Mm Mm-hmm. Seriously? No. Soccer, tennis, and volleyball. And a stamp for Mississippi. And a yes. stamp for Oscar de la Renta. <laughs> I thought Oscar de la Renta, they were doing the whole, isn't that, wasn't that the fashion series they're coming out with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be a set. It's his mm-hmm. stamp and then a couple other stamps that have Like pictures of like fabric designs and yeah. stuff. They're actually kind of cool designs. Yeah. Yeah. There are no World War One stamps coming up for anything nope. in World War One. <clears throat> not entering the war, not fighting in the war, not having a ship sunk, not uh, boycotting the Germans or anything. Boy, U.S. Post Office, you know, you're ignoring history here. You're ignoring a... Do we po- need to do another open letter? Yeah, let's do an open letter next one. Okay. I'll bring up like five or six topics that they could very easily put on a stamp. I mean, you could very easily have black history, show some of the uh, greater heroes of uh, World War One that are colored people or women. Is this a... Um, There's a lot of women is in this World like, War is I. This, oh, because it's the 100th year since we entered... Oh, mm-hmm. the war by the day. There is a mm-hmm. there is a um, YouTube gotcha. channel called uh, the Great War. We've talked about it before. Indy Nine Indy Nineel with a great desk. Yes, and, and uh, every day or every week actually, but every week he tells you what happened exactly 100 years ago on the battlefields. Yep. Incredible podcast. Uh, I recommend it to everybody. Yeah, it's on YouTube. And he does it weekly, but he also does specials, too, like some of the weapons. And mm-hmm. uh, there was the one about the tanks. and Oh, this one uh, about the tanks, the whole history mm-hmm. of how they were developed and how in the beginning they said, no way are we making these things. They're worthless. There's n- they, have <laughs> no, they have no value on the battlefield whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And they're profiling some of the prominent people of the war. Yep. Oh, and the the aces. Remember, mm-hmm. they were. Th- oh, yeah. It it was interesting because they have these uh, artillery balloons. So they put two people up in a balloon and they drop a cable down and they talk on the uh, t- uh, basically a telephone saying, uh, one hundred yards to the left and etc. The most of the aces got the their aces by shooting these balloons down, and you sit there and go, well, who they shot down a balloon? Who frigging cares? shooting down those balloons was the most dangerous part of being a person because the balloon wasn't moving and on the ground they just put like a hundred machine guns pointing up. Well, then there's also, you know, before Fokker was able to, um, what'd you just say? Fokker, not shush. Okay. I just want to know if I have to edit something. No, cause he was the one that you know made it possible for the machine gun to shoot through the propeller. 
well, instead of shoot the propeller off. Yes. So you were basically, you know, you're stuck Which was with like, a German invention, not a... Mm-hmm. Yep. But, I mean, before that, you basically used your sidearm or, you know, oh, yeah. whatever, you know. <laughs> One guy with well, a that rifle was, that was some of the other. That was some of the first stuff, is they were, like, dropping early grenades, because yep. they didn't have bombs. They just... Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Drop a grenade out the side of the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, actually, I was uh, listening to uh, um, another war guy, uh, Brian Suits, who I really like. If you, uh, Dark Secret Place, I'll give him a shout out because he is really excellent. But the interesting thing was, you go, well, why didn't those bombs go off while they were handling them and stuff? And bombs have little propellers on the top and the bottom. And when you drop it, those propellers spin. And they have to spin like 150 times, and then it'll arm the bomb. And that's why you have unexploded bombs is if that thing got rusty or something, it wouldn't spin 150 times. You drop the bomb, it wouldn't arm, it would land in the ground. So uh, that was just kind of interesting because they have this famous picture of this guy, and he's handling this bomb that he's dropping over the side of the airplane. And the bomb is like three feet long. I mean, it's this big, huge thing and it's clunking around and, you know, the airplane is bobbing up and down and you go, well, how did that bomb not go off in his hands? It's like, didn't rotate 250 or 250 times before it hit. Interesting stuff. Hmm. At least I thought it was interesting. That's actually, it is interesting because I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And you were right about the lunar, the solar eclipse stamp. It's going to be thermochromic ink. Ooh. So it's body heat. Ooh. And oh. it's going to be, it's going to be basically the moon will be eclipsed. And when you like rub it and yeah. heat it up, it'll, the black will go away from the solar eclipse and it'll turn into the moon. And then when it cools off, it goes back to the black. Awesome. Well, anything else? Well, I don't know. Is there? I don't think so. I think we've entered the petering out section of the program. And I'm going to be high. As a kite by then. We would like to thank the following for information used in this podcast. Wikipedia, The Stuff You Should Know podcast, Kelleher Auctions and the Kelleher Connection, and again, Sam Houston Philatet. Go to www.shpauctions.com and sign up for the free email newsletter. Thank you for joining us. This has been Cash, Scott, Tom, and I'm your host, Dawn. You can reach us with your questions or comments at stampshowheretoday at gmail.com, Twitter at stampshowht, or leave a message on our Google Voice number, 1949-873-4298. You can also check out our website at stampshowheretoday.com, or follow us on Facebook, or watch us on YouTube. And as always, keep collecting. This episode of Stamp Show Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurfs, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today.
Cause ain't the kind of place to raise a kid. In fact, it's cold as hell.